0: and its promises. You've been speaking on the Holy Ghost. Pastor, you had a, where is it? A little dinky, oh, here it is. This is the, I think this is the one for today. What do you call it again? The nugget. Steal your joy, kill your faith, destroy your soul. Is that a new one? It's. It says, steal your joy, kill your faith, destroy your soul. So if you, well, I don't know. You wrote it. Erase it. Err. You wrote it it's right it's here. Not a what is it? <laughs> he sticks these nuggets in my his, the, the devil comes to steal your joy, kill your faith and destroy your soul. So that's and Jesus comes to give you joy, build up your faith. And restore your soul. So there you go. What he does, he puts these little nuggets in my Bible. And you do. Okay, I'm going to read the calendar. Get myself out of this. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Thank you, Jesus. And we have this coming Saturday soul winning. Amen. So there is going to be a special crown for soul winners. And it's going to be, it's the big, it's a big crown. So you want the opportunity to learn how and to go forth into the world. And Jesus told us to go out and go forth and preach the gospel. Amen. All right. The Lord has promised, this is our central truth this morning, rivers of living water to quench man's spiritual thirst. Let's look at John 14:16 this morning. We're going to look at the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wednesday night was very powerful. That you, that you all had a good session and sharing. And that's great. What we're doing is reading or teaching out of the authority of the believer, and we're doing it in the foyer in a circle so you can ask questions or give comments whenever and, you know, whenever we stop teaching. And praise God. That's one of the best ways to learn for all of us. You know how people are growing when they share what they've learned. Amen. Okay, John 14:16. Let me get there. Thank you, dear, for turning off that here. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that may abide with you forever. Forever, he says in the Amplified Bible, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and stand by, that he may remain with you forever. So the Holy Spirit's going to be with us forever. Thank God. So whenever you need a comforter, a counselor, a helper, intercessor, advocate, and strengthener, and stand by, he's always there for you. He is standing by you to help you. So many people do not I don't I want to put this in the right term but use the Holy Spirit and allow him to be a part of their lives continually continually so many times he he has to stand aside and let us do our own thing and mess stuff up finally So many times we pray and say, God, I can't do it. I need your help. I need your wisdom. And he's always there. So Jesus said, I'm sending you. I'm going to ask the Father, and he will send. Amen. That's powerful. Verse 17 says, in the King James, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Hallelujah. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to its heart, because it does not see or know and recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives... With you constantly. You know he was speaking to them. Before they were born again. But he lives in us. Constantly. Amen. And will be with you. I like verse 18 also. I will not leave you as an orphan. Comfortless. Desolate. Bereaved. Forlorn. Helpless. I will come. Back to you. So he's saying, I'm sending a com- the comforter and I'm coming back to you. He's coming back for us. Thank God. Amen. In Acts 2 32 and 33, therefore, or I went down to one, I'm sorry. This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by, the right, being by the right hand of God, exalted, and having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now hear. Hallelujah. What did they hear? People praying in tongues. Many were praying in tongues in the people's languages that were there. They didn't know the languages, but they were praying in their languages. Okay, I'm going to read this out of the um, Amplified. 32 and 33. This Jesus raised up, and of that all we, his disciples, are witnesses. Being therefore lifted high by and to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promised blessing, which is the Holy Spirit, he has made this outpouring which you yourselves both did see. Praise God. That's powerful. When They watched when Jesus was lifted up. They stood there and watched him lifted up. They knew he was in heaven without a doubt, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. That must have been a day just to watch him. You know, we're going to be lifted up in a twinkling of an eye. It's going to be that fast. How would you like to not be a believer and be sitting with someone in a car or something, and all of a sudden they weren't there? Trust me, if that happens... That's the rapture, the promised comforter. Jesus prayed that the Father would send another comforter to abide forever. Then on the day of Pentecost, he shed forth the Holy Spirit, who has been here ever since. It is not now a matter of the Father's giving anyone the Holy Spirit. It is a matter of our receiving the Holy Spirit. Notice Jesus' words, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive him, not it. We have heard people say, I received the baptism. However, they didn't receive the baptism. They received the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. Others say, I am filled with the baptism. They are not filled with the baptism. They are not even filled with the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. Understand this. You are filled with the third person of the Godhead. That is so powerful when you think about it. You know, it... it hurts me when people quench the Holy Spirit. You can just you, you just I don't know about you but my heart just just hurts when that happens to when when people do this. It's it's a a feeling of such pain and it hurts him because he's inside of us and he's one third of the Godhead. Inside of us. What a privilege. Have you ever thought of that before? What a privilege we have. God God just loves us so much that a third part of the Godhead has come to live in us. Just, just sit and think on this for a minute. It makes you, it, it makes you want to shout, cry, cry laugh at the same time you know the song that um, when we're before the Lord what will I do will I dance before you Jesus will I fall on my face it's going to be exciting because we're all going to go up together I mean it's so exciting when you think about it those that have gone on ahead of us powerful Receiving the Holy Spirit is more than an experience. A divine personality comes to live in us, to dwell in us, to make his home in us. We must not be so concerned with an outward experience that we miss the reality, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. If we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we should be conscience, conscious of his presence every waking moment conscious of his presence every waking moment we shouldn't have to look back to some experience we had at an altar years ago or should be more real he should be more real and precious to us every day every day Every day with God is a new day. There's something special for each one of us in every day. You know, I was sitting on the the chair this morning during worship, and I was reminding the Lord of of what he told me when we came here. He gave us the scripture about Abraham and Sarah, and, and he said, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and I was praying that over myself. You know, every one of us has days when, but we have to take the word of God and stand on what he's given us. And so we've been given. It doesn't matter what you feel like, it's a fact. You know, we don't go by feelings. We go by fact. And so we should be conscious of his presence every waking moment. We shouldn't have to look back at some experience we had at an altar years ago. He should become more real and precious to us every day. The promise is for the believers An unsaved person cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there is a counterfeit. I'm going to be very honest with you. The Mormons have a counterfeit. It is not from God. You know, when we were in uh, the church in Santa Cruz and there was a group of hippies that came in that were living in the mountains, they had the counterfeit. And it... It's it's horrible. They all needed deliverance. Thank God they came to the right place. They got delivered. But when you have a Holy Spirit, you know, remember we, we learned about um, Ananias, who wanted to to buy the gift to lay hands upon people and see them healed. So, you don't, you know, people... I'm going to share this. I don't know if I've ever shared this before. This group that came to the church, they were all hippies living together in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And they came to the church, and when I started counseling, each one of them, they shared how he would built this lean-to up in the mountains. And they would go in there, and they'd come out, speaking in a whole new, different tongue. Well, it wasn't God. So, when you have the Holy Spirit, there are the, the fruits of the Spirit that follow you. Amen. And we can teach on that later. But I want you to know this. You know, not everybody that runs around saying they're of God or whatever, you have to really try the Spirit, especially nowadays. You know, you guys have been sheltered. Praise God. Thank God you have been sheltered because there is a lot out there. Notice that the infilling of the Spirit is not for sinners. It is for believers. Referring to the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, The world can receive eternal life, for God so loved the world in John 3.16 that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The world can receive Christ as Savior. The world can be born again, but we have to be born again before before we can receive the infilling of of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at Matthew nine seventeen. You say, Well, I know all this. There is so much. I remember Brother Hagen constantly telling us, I have just scratched the surface. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles. I'm going to go up some. Uh, No, I'll go ahead and do this. Hang on. 9.17 of Matthew. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Neither is new wine put in old wineskins, for if it is, the skins burst, and are torn in pieces and the wine is spilled and the skins are ruined but new wine is put in fresh wineskins and so both are preserved in the scriptures wine is a type of the holy spirit jesus was therefore saying hope you're taking notes the holy spirit could not be given in his fullness, unless one has been made a new crea- a new creature, and let otherwise, as Jesus pointed out, if you were put, if you were to put new wine in old bottles, they would burst. If he put the Holy Spirit in people who had not been born again. They would burst in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If any man, you might want to turn there and underline it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That is one thing you need to meditate day and night. I am in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. I'm that old man that tries to creep up every now and then is not you. Once you, you know, listen, listen to what I'm saying. That old thing that tries to rise up sometimes from the past is not you. And so, you know, it's from the outside trying to get into the inside. Excuse me. Amen. God is so good. When we think about the goodness of God and how good he is. So he has, a person has to become born again before they can have that new wine placed in them. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.17. 5, I just read that. Luke 11.13. I like that song David Ingle sings, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old oh, things are passed away. They are born again. We have two little puppies that are listening to him right now. Luke eleven thirteen. Come on, Luke. I don't know how I got to Matthew, but. Okay. Oh, let's go up to. Verse eight. Let's stop it for let's start at one. Then he was praying in a certain place, and when he stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said, When you pray, and he did, he gave the Lord's Prayer. And then in verse 9, so I say to you, ask and keep on asking, and it shall be given you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find knock and keep on knocking and the door shall be open to you. For every man that asketh receive, and he that seeketh findeth and he that knocketh shall be it shall be open. If a son shall ask of bread, any of you that is a father will give him a, would If a son shall ask for bread, ...of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone or if he asks for fish, will he for fish give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? God isn't the father of everyone... We hear a lot these days about the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man and that God is the father of us all. How many have ever heard that? Same God. You know, we all serve the same God. Well, I'm sorry, but we all don't serve the same God. You can tell by their fruit. and the brotherhood of man, and the God of the Father of us. And the God is the Father of us, and we are all brothers. That isn't true. Jesus told the Pharisees the strictest sect of the Jewish religion in John eight forty four. if you want to turn there. This must have really blown them away. I, You know, they were the... They thought they, you know, like Paul said, I was the Pharisee of Pharisees. They thought they were the best and they knew everything. <laughs> when you think about it, let's see what he told them. You. Are of your father the devil? that's John 8:44. You are of the father your father the devil, and the lust of your father will you do? you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. There's no truth in him. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. You know, people that constantly go around lying, they, it's really sad because a person comes to the point where they start believing their own lies. with What they, what they believe is the truth, and that's really sad. Hang on. You are of the you of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lust and gratify the desires which are characteristics of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar himself and the father of lies and of all that is false. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me, do not trust me, do not rely on me or adhere to me. Whom of you convicts me of wrongdoing or finds me guilty Of sin, then I speak truth. Then if I speak truth, why do you not believe me, trust me, rely on, and adhere to me? Whoever is of God, and you might want to underline this one whoever is of God listens to God. Those who belong to God hear the words of God. This is the reason that you do not listen to, the words, to those words to me, because you do not belong to God and are not of God or in harmony with him. The Jews answered, Are we not right when we say you are a Samaritan, you have a demon, and that you are under the power of an evil spirit? This is what they were telling Jesus of himself. It's almost hard to believe when you think, can you imagine? I can't even imagine it. But they did. It's really sad. In John 4, 13 and 14, it's amazing to me that We're going to come back for a thousand years, and Jesus is going to rule and reign. Then Satan's going to be let loose, and there will be those that are here on the earth that will turn and follow him. And when the time comes, God will just go straight to hell. He'll just throw Satan into the pit. That's hard to imagine the goodness of Jesus here reigning and ruling on this earth, that You guys talked about that the other night. Okay, in John 4, 13 and 14, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That is so powerful. I mean, here was this woman. When you, you, know, when you really think about this woman, she's at the well. Hang on a minute. I want to, I'm going to go up to verse 9. There was the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me a Samaritan and a woman for a drink? For the Jew has nothing to do with the Samaritans. And Jesus said to her, If you had only known and had recognized God's gift and who this is, this is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked instead, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. No drawing bucket and the well is deep and how can you provide living water? Where do you get your living water? Are you greater than the superior and superior to our ancestors, Jacob and his sons and cattle also? Jacob who gave us this well and used to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle. Also, Jesus answered her, all who drink of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever takes a drink of the water that I give him shall never no more be thirsty anymore. But the water that I gave him shall become a spring of water welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him unto, into for eternal life. Hallelujah. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never thirst again, nor have to come continually to the way and draw. At this, Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back here. And the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have spoken truly in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. It's, I love to watch when the gifts of the Spirit start operating in the Lord. And the man that, that you are now living with is not your husband. It is you. In, in this, you have spoken truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I see and understand that you are a prophet. And then she goes on. Our forefather worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where it is necessary and proper to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither merely in the mountain nor merely in Jerusalem. And he goes on to talk to her. And she goes back and tells all the people that she's met, she's met the Lord. How powerful. Her eyes were open. when we thirst of him and the water that, we, that he gives us. And we continue to operate and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. You know, you can quench the Holy Spirit. As I was sitting back there this morning at the sound birth, the Lord, the Lord began to show me one of the main ways that people quench the Holy Spirit is anger. They allow anger to stay in their lives. And so the Spirit is quenched. Let's go on a minute. In John seven thirty-seven through 39, if we get to it, we get to it this week. The last day of the feast, it says in my Bible. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Think of him on this very last day of the feast. Gets up there and says, now on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried in a loud voice. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture is said, even from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs of rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Shall flow in us continually. Springs of rivers of living water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need to just stop here and thank Him for what He's given us, who He's given us, the powerful Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. For giving us the Holy Spirit. We don't have to thirst anymore. If we stay hungry, it's so important, church, that we stay hungry and thirsty for Him. And don't allow the cares of this world to enter in. So we I can't even tell you how important it is. And I see more and more in this day and this hour. People just falling away from what God has for them, from the truth. In thirty nine 38 and 39, he says, He who believes in me cleaves to me. I said that. But he, for 39, but he was speaking here of the Spirit, whom those who believe, trust, had faith in him, we afterward to receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified, raised to honor. Well, he has been glorified and raised to honor, and we've been filled with the Holy Ghost. We have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead in us. He is constantly quickening our holy, bo- our holy bodies. Everything about us, he's constantly quickening if we'll allow him. That's why Jude 20 says, Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Building up your most holy faith. And then it goes on to say, The water referred to both passages above is the type of the Holy Spirit. Notice two different experiences are spoken of. First, to the woman at the well of Samaria, Jesus said, But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water. Now, think of this. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. This well of water is springing up in us. And has given us everlasting life. That is so powerful when you think about it. Here Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit in the act of regeneration. The Holy Spirit is represented as a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The other reference is to rivers of living water. And speaks of the promise of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Out of his belly, innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus beckons us to come and drink and get full. But how can you know when you get full? Someone may ask. For the answer, let's look at Acts 2.4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah stay full especially in this hour we have no idea how important it is to stay full of the holy ghost in this hour Amen. you know we saw the lights go out go out this morning and thank God the batteries came on but what if the lights went out everywhere you've got to be full of the holy ghost Yeah, amen. But it's obvious that there's stuff we're going through in this hour. Thank God for a Christian president, but but there are countries and leaders that are crazy and are want to destroy us. They don't really. They don't care who they destroy. There's many out there. But thank God we have Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. Okay. Jesus beckons us to come and drink and get full. Acts 2.4. Get full and stay full. Amen. Amen. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and when they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In the Amphite it says they were filled, diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other different foreign languages, tongues, as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expressions in each tongue in appropriate words praise you Jesus Now verse 5 now there were residing in Jerusalem Jews devout and God-fearing men from every country under heaven and this and when this sound was heard the multitude came together and they were astonished and bewildered because each of each one heard them the apostles speaking in his own particular dialect and they were beside themselves with amazement saying are not all these who are talking galileans and then how is it that we hear each of us in our own particular dialect to which we were born. And it goes on, the different ones, in verse 9, verse 10, um, about Cyrene and the transient residents from Rome, both Jews and proselytes to Judaism from the other religions. But others, in verse 13, made a joke of it and derise saying, They are simply drunk, full of sweet, intoxicating wine. But Peter, standing, verse 14, with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, You Jews and all you other residents of Jerusalem, let this be explained to you, so that you will know and understand, listen closely to what I have to say, for these men are not drunk as you imagine, for it is only... The third hour, about 9 a.m. of the day. But instead, this is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind, and your sons and your daughters may prophesy, telling them, um, telling forth divine counsels. And your young men shall see visions, divinely granted appearances, and your old men shall dream dreams, divinely suggested dreams. Hallelujah. Yes, and on my servants and on my servants, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, telling forth the divine counsels, predicting future events, pertaining especially to God's kingdom and i will show you wonders in the sky above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and smoking vapor the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the obvious day of the lord comes and the great and noble and conspicuous and renowned day hallelujah and it shall be that whoever shall call upon the name of the lord in Folking, adoring, and worshiping the Lord Christ shall be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. That is exciting. Every time I read this, I get more excited. If you are a believer, it is just as simple as Jesus said. Come and drink and keep drinking until you get full. When you get full, you will start speaking with other tongues. This is the initial sign or evidence that you are filled. Hallelujah. If a man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. John 7, 37. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit, an ever-present source of power. An ever-present source of power. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit, an ever-present source of power. Ever-present, he's the source of power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We don't need power plants or whatever to keep us on fire and lit. Us that are believers. Thank you, Jesus. We don't need electricity to light us up. We have the Holy Ghost. Every spirit-filled believer has within him all the power he will ever need to put him over in this life. I will say this again, and you might want to write it down. Every spirit-filled believer has within him all the power he will ever need to put him over in this life. All the power you need. If you're spirit-filled, you have all the power you need to put you through anything. Put you over anything. Thank God. Think of this. It's really sad, but the church has not been teaching on the Holy Spirit. They've not known the Holy Spirit. They might pray in tongues, but they don't understand exactly what has taken place in them, and exactly what God desires to do through them. When you think about the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Jesus was in hell. God said that's enough. Get him out. That spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, raised him out of hell. Jesus, having spoiled principalities and powers made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it that same power church dwells in us we need to get that in us through us in our mind knowing that who we are in Christ and we have he has given us the power to go forth in into the world and and minister to people. It's the church that's supposed to be, it's the body of Christ that's supposed to bring the people in. The pastor is called to teach the people, but the body is called to bring them in. Amen? We're called to pray and and give you the word so you can go out and minister to people. What a powerful gift has been given unto you. I can't even begin to tell you. It's exciting. And I will tell you, God will open doors that no man can shut because the same spirit that's in you will, can walk through whatever he needs to walk through to get things done. Yeah. If God be for you, who can be against you? That's what my Bible says. If God be for you, who can be against you? You might want to write that down. If God be for me, who can be against me? They can't. They can't. The sad thing is so many people have fear. And God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And what he works on is past experiences. That's why Paul said... I refuse to look back, but I press on, I strain on to the mark of high calling. Because the enemy can only drag up past experiences and try to get you looking backwards instead of forward. Thank God. That's why Paul said, I won't look back. I, I refuse to look back because I'm a new creation. In Christ Jesus and from glory to glory, he's changing us. And there is the glory of God is being poured out this very hour on those that truly want to worship and praise and exalt him and move in the things of the spirit. He is there to pour out his spirit upon you in this very hour. And there will be waves of glory of his glory that will flow and move. And minister through you and to you. So prepare yourself. Now is the time to prepare for the last day outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon this world. In this country. I mean we have been preparing. But I am saying get yourself ready and in the right place at the right time with God. In everything you do. Not your plans, but his plans. Remember when Jesus said, not my will, God, but your will. He knew what he was going to be doing. You don't think he, he there was a moment out there when he was sweating drops, drops of blood. When he knew what he was going to go through. He had to lay his life on, on God and say, not my will, but your will, God. I will do it. You know, there's sometimes that we've had, you know, you have plans that you want to do something. And God's, God comes up and says, no, I have something else that I have for you. Sad to say, many people don't listen to God. I've seen many a time when many people do not listen to God and they do their own thing instead. And they're absolutely miserable and miss out on what God has. They get second best. I don't want second best. You know, I don't want an Ishmael in my life. Amen. Okay, I shared earlier that the Lord told me this morning that one of the main things that will keep a person stunted in their growth. In the spirit is anger. And so I'm going to give some scriptures on that. Okay. So let's go ahead and let's turn there. You don't want anger. How many know that? It's something you do not want to act. To operate in. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. It's not worth it. Jesus said, be angry and sin not. Honey, I mean, can you come grab this Bible from me, please? Too much. Not enough room up here. Thank you. All right. You in Proverbs? Okay. Proverbs 14, 9. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Fools make a mock at sin, and sin mocks the fools, who are the victims. A sin offering made by them only, by them only, Mockers mocks them. Am I in the wrong place? Oh God. Is that what I saw? Oh, brother? for other? Okay. When you're back there, when God's giving you stuff and you're back there writing it really fast, it's kind of sloppy. He who is slow to anger. Say that. Slow to anger. And has great understanding. Slow to anger has great understanding. But he who is hasty of spirit exposes and exalts his folly. Thanks, Terry. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. But he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. So we got to be slow to anger. Bite your tongue. Bite whatever. Grab a pencil and bite the thing. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25. Like That didn't sound right. Okay. Make no, what did I say, Proverbs 22, 24, and 25. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways, and get a snare to thy soul. That's heavy. That's really heavy. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, And a wrathful man do not associate, lest you learn his ways and get yourself into a a snare. So stay away from angry men and women. Because if you don't, you will learn their ways and you will get snared. You don't want to be in a snare of the devil, let me tell you. It's not worth it. Proverbs fourteen seventeen. I don't want it. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly and of wicked devices. Is hatred. This is something that you need to really maybe read once a month. He who he who foams up quickly and flies into a passion deals foolishly and a man of wicked plots and plans is hatred. Ecclesiastic Well, let's stay in the Proverbs one. Proverbs 15:18 A wrathful man stirs up strife but he that is slow to anger appeases strife That's heavy A hot-tempered man stirs up strife but he who is slow to anger appeases contention Proverbs 19.11. These are the things that will stop you from growing in the things of God, will make you stagnant. Good sense makes a man restrain his anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression or an offense. It's out of the Amplified. Um, 1911 in the King James. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and if it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Proverbs 29.11. It's amazing how much God has to say about anger, isn't it? There's more. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it till afterwards. A self-confident fool utters all his anger, but a wise man holds it back and stills it. Stops it immediate, immediately. This is something that you've got to stop immediately. Proverbs 15one one. Don't allow it in your life. If you know it's been in your family, recognize it because it, this is something that tries to go down generations. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but a grievous word stir up anger. Sad. OK, now let's go to ecclesiastics. Seven, nine. It's right around here. What page is it, dear? I know, well, okay. Good thing we have the same, good thing we have the same Bible. Uh, I guess we don't have it. Seven, nine. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Do not be quick in spirit to be angry or vexed. So when you are angry, you're vexed. Remember Lot got vexed? For anger and vexation lodge in the bosom of fools. Who knows? This could have been the thing that, that vexed Lot when he got there. He chose that land. I don't know. He chose the, the one that looked great. Then he got there and he saw what he'd chosen and he was stuck there. Everybody open your eyes. Say, that? that's not for me. Okay, let's see. We have Romans 12:19. Anytime you start to blame somebody else, check your anger. Check if you're angry at that person. Some can be some old hidden thing that because I've had many people whose mates have died say, man, if I had only not allowed myself to become angry at something so stupid. Okay, Romans twelve nineteen, beloved, Beloved, never avenge yourselves but leave The way open for God's beloved. Never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath. For it is written, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." "Requite," says the Lord. It says in the King James, "Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath." For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So, in other words, let God deal with the people. Don't you try to deal with it. You can mess it up royally, Colossians 3 8. You know, there's a lot of vengeful people out there. How many know that? They're still mad that Trump got elected, seeing psychiatrists, Colossians 3.8, but now put away and rid yourself completely. He doesn't say, let me rid yourself. He says, you put away and you rid yourself completely. Of all these things, anger, rage, bad feeling towards others, curses and slander, and foul mouth, abuse, and shameful utterance from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old unregenerated self with its evil practices and have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image and likeness of him who created it. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, rid yourself of this. Put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. That's heavy. He's telling us, get rid of it. But this is the thing as I was sitting in the back this morning that God said is holding people up. You've got to get rid of this stuff. It's, it's already been paid for. God... Show me how to get rid of this and then get rid of it. Let it drop. Let it go. Okay, the last one is James one nineteen. Are you getting anything? I hope. I know I am. I didn't think this was all going to come out this morning. But, you know, he's preparing us. For a, to be a church without spot or wrinkle. Getting us ready for the rapture. Thank God he cares enough about us to get us ready. James 119. Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear. A ready listener. Slow to speak slow to take offense and to get angry. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. Wow. Wherefore, get rid of all uncleanness and rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome The word implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. Be you doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listen to it. Betraying yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, He is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For although he observes it and then goes off and promptly forgets what he's like. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only. Well... Praise God. I'm glad that God gave this to us. So I think all of us want to be rid of this junk. Am I correct? I know I do. Any of this stuff, Holy Spirit, show us when it comes up, if it comes up. The best thing to do when you hear a sermon is go home. Study your notes. See if there's any area of correction in it. And what blessings has God shown me that I have today? Many through the Holy Spirit. We just need to walk in the Spirit and not after the dictates of the flesh. How many understand that? It's easier for us, being born-again believers, to walk in the Spirit. It's harder for us to operate out of the things of the Spirit because we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Father, I just pray for... Well, let's just pray a prayer together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to reveal any areas in my life where I am stunting my spiritual growth. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, as you reveal these things to me, that you show me the scriptures to stand on, to never fall back. And I give you the praise, Lord. This will be the best week of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God and go in peace. Shalom, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Hallelujah.